Howdy! Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Good afternoon, Jeff. So, uh, Brian, you're just doing your part to keep the economy rumbling along, aren't you? I'm trying to. Yep. Whatever, it whatever is. it is that one one man can do. <laughs> well, I saw the edge uh, with uh, Anthony Hop, Anthony Hopkins, and uh, um, Alec Baldwin, and uh, Anthony Anthony Hopkins kept saying, uh, "What one man can do, another man can do," and um, he was trying to get everybody, you know braced up to uh, survive this like grizzly bear or a Kodiak bear attack and so he was talking about how like young Native American boys would uh, count coup by like sneaking up behind ferocious North American animals and slap them on the rear end and then like run away and get away with their lives so Think about that the next time you're trying to get your kids to limit their video game playing to like six hours a day. That doesn't sound like a very fun game. Um, uh, yeah, well, or, you know, um, uh, Matt, uh, young Maasai warriors, right, who like kill a lion with like a spear. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you feel, would you feel good about defending yourself from a lion with anything short of a, <laughs> an automatic weapon uh nope yeah <laughs> yeah i, I mean, i'm gonna need i'm gonna need something that sends out a piece of metal at about a thousand feet per second <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean it's just it, it is amazing you know or even I, you know, I watched um, I watched Master and Commander again uh, for the first time in years uh, a couple uh, a couple months ago, uh, if only because I wanted to know what my hair was going to look like by the time um, things got back to normal, and um, uh, just the way they sent those like like the Brits would just send little kids, you know, it's like well. You know, this is this is the life and we're going to I mean, it's like an internship, except instead of making shelves for the the, the, the village carpenter, uh, you were, you know, firing volleys at the French frigate. And by the way, the frigate is the type of ship that wasn't me indulging in a euphemism. That was. Trying to keep, trying to keep, trying to keep it PG around here. You don't have to work blue, kid. Yeah, you don't have to work blue. So, I have a story that I would like to tell. That I I know, I know you've got some topics that you want to get to, and I, I think that that's fine. But there's a story that I've been dying to tell you all week, and um, I think it's worth sharing. So okay. Okay, so um, I am, but it's gonna it's gonna require some setup, but I know that uh, uh, people love my setup, and so here we go. The um, uh, I have 
I have reached the Omar Sharif phase of my life. Um, many years ago in the 80s when um, there were a lot of up-and-coming young handsome movie stars the new wave uh, you know younger listeners may not know who Phil Donahue was but Phil Donahue was Oprah before Oprah over killed Phil Donahue and became Oprah I mean it was it was insightful it was it was afternoon television it was a talk show format uh, where with audience participation and he would like sometimes have like really uh, serious things and sometimes really salacious topics and sometimes you know he'd have fluff and so he had on and it was again the mid 80s so I don't remember who who all was on it except Omar Sharif who was like 30 years older than all the other guys and then Patrick Dempsey who had just had the biggest hit of the summer with Dirty Dancing okay Patrick Swayze what did I say Patrick Dempsey yeah Patrick Swayze thank you Brian absolutely positively not Patrick Dempsey um the boxer (laughs) did you ever see the Saturday Night Live sketch uh trying to tell the difference between Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney I have seen that that's hilarious, it's funny. right? Yeah, 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 it's funny. And by the way, I with a gun to my head, I'm not sure I could tell them apart. Oh, come on. So, it's not that hard. I, I seriously I don't it's kinda hard. Really? No, it's kinda no it's Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, I haven't seen any of their movies. One of them was in The New Girl. One of them was in I don't know. No, I know. I don't know. One of them was in... All right, so like I first watched like the first 10 minutes of The Grey with Liam Neeson versus The Wolves. And one of them is like in the airplane at the beginning of that. And uh, I don't know which one. Okay, it doesn't matter. So I'm in the Omar Sharif uh, period of my life. So there's... Yeah, he might have been the one in uh, The Grey. Which one is that? <laughs> Dermot. I would just be guessing. I don't. Well, they're both Dermot. No, Dylan Mc. Dylan Mc. And this is Dermot. Dermot McDermott. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to talk about those guys. So, okay. So uh, Patrick Swayze and and uh, Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif is famous for. Uh, uh, he was in um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, he was an Egyptian actor, I think, but, you know, I mean, from the period between the First and Second World Wars where, you know, boundaries were fluid. So, I mean, I think a lot of countries in the Middle East kind of have a, a claim to it, okay, um, depending on who's telling the story. Anyway, uh, Omar Sharif is like this really handsome older guy. And uh, then they're like talking to like all the young, the young studs, okay. And and, and I, this is this is the only thing I remember. Um, somebody asks somebody a question, and Omar Sharif says, well, "What I think 
is that any of the young ladies in the audience would like to have dinner with me and then go make love to any of the other guys on the stage. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, and that's fine because, you know, I'm not, uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a happily married man. But uh, uh, I was... Uh, uh, so, so these, uh, uh, so these these young women at work who are are interested in in uh, the managing expectations podcast being a success, um, one of them compared me to somebody in um, Game of Thrones, a show with which I have on, only meme level familiarity. Okay. Uh, when the one chick goes atomic with her dragon and like kills the city and stuff, you know I've seen that. So, um, so they 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 said he re he being me reminds me of Hodor, and I'm like, and, and uh, I think this doesn't sound good, and um, so uh, apparently he was like um, uh, an. The uh, character of Hodor was played uh, by um, an overweight character actor. Okay, uh, but he's then—I um, uh, don't know—he was like kicked in the head by a horse or something, and so like all he can say is Hodor. And so I'm thinking, well, that's that's not great. And then one of them says he's lovable, and uh, I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? And then the other one says, well, I think we know what that's supposed to mean. And in fact. I, I do know what that's supposed to mean. It means that I'm at best Omar Sharif. That, uh, you know, an interesting uh, dinner conversationalist and <laughs> then tuck the old man in and then go hit a club, I guess. Okay, so anyway. So I've achieved this level in my life where I think I think the, the women around me uh, know I'm a family guy. They know that um, my devotion to Mrs. Winger is, you know, I'm not a creep. I'm not hitting on people. I'm not talking, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about sexy women or whatever. And so, and, and, and I am older now. Uh, it's amazing. I, I will, I mean, I remember being at meetings um, and think, and, you know, going to the restroom and thinking, Oh great! I'm going to be in here forever. Everybody's got a prostate the size of a basketball, and and uh, you know, a few years go by, and um, I'm no longer always the youngest guy in the room. And in fact, sometimes I'm the oldest. So, uh, so so uh, um, a, a third woman that I work with uh, comes up to me and says. I, I can tell you this because you're married. And, okay. And so, um, <laughs> and, and there's still, there still has to be some lead up to this, but I'm going to come back to it. So it's kind of like French filmmaking where I'm going to give you like the story and then I'm going to like go back and like do the, the, the things that came first. Um, Are we, is this yeah. like Memento? 
it's 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 in a manner similar to Memento, yeah. So this this uh, aspect of the story is called I was manhandled during my mammogram and I thought of you. <laughs> We, we we did start off by saying that we try to keep it PG on this podcast. Didn't okay, we? <laughs> this is a this is a this is a medical thing. Okay, right. So I'm like I'm like, let her finish, <laughs> let her finish. <laughs> so the thing is, there are there are um, uh, customers at work who are. Uh, I, my guess is they're German. They're certainly Germanic. Okay, so you know I don't think if you're Austrian it's any better. Uh, I think that they are of um, a religious persuasion that is very severe in its uh, like like maybe uh, you know some Mennonite branch where they dress very simply. And even though they're 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 quite old, older even than I, uh, they're very, um, uh, you know, buttoned up and proper at all times. But they don't radiate a lot of joy, um, so much as a grim determination to get through interactions with human beings. Stoic. So, um, um, yeah. Okay. Did you? Did you, you? You now you know that Stoic philosophy has been making a comeback. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all the- a lot of people like like mindfulness mm-hmm. is is like uh, an application of Stoicism. Um, you and I are both familiar with Tom Wolfe's great book, A Man in Full. Mm-hmm. And how uh, the young protagonist in that becomes like some sort of stoic evangelist, right? I mean, like a Zeus fundamentalist at the end of it. What, who was the name was, of the who kid who worked? The kid who who was in er- Oakland and he worked in the. F- remember how? At yeah, the end he, that's right. I, yeah, I had forgot. See. It's been it's been quite a while since I've read that, but I had forgotten kind of that timeline of of the story. But yeah, yeah. now that you mentioned it, that was pretty good. Um, and I think you're right. I thought that was kind of funny uh, that in um, turn of the century America there would be a a, a revival of uh, Zeus worship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yet, and yet mindfulness is, I, you know, I don't know. I gotta look, th- that reminds me, I gotta start being in the moment. So anyway, uh, so there's these, so these people and, uh, the woman, um, who I, who I won't name because I think she listens t- t- to the podcast and I don't want to embarrass her. Um, uh, um, but, uh, uh, the woman who had the mammogram 
uh, and I joke because because the very severe um, German woman uh, is just never friendly uh, to to my colleague, and uh, my colleague is uh, an attractive blonde, and uh, uh, you know so one would think a perfectly acceptable Aryan, um, but uh, yeah just just. Uh, Granny is just like really cold and and even, you know, maybe rude, and um, so maybe I've referred to her as Mengele's nanny. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I did, but I'm not saying I didn't. <laughs> so. <laughs> You said she was older. I didn't realize she was that old. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. uh, so my colleague comes up and says, and and she was she's very excited and she's telling this story and it's kind of rapid fire and I think she doesn't want to be heard talking about her mammogram, you know, with just anyone. Sure. But, but the the idea that I'm in the circle of trust is, uh, you know, kind of news to me. So, so she says, so she says, you know those pe, you know those people, those Europeans that you're that you, I'm like Mengele's nanny, and she's like, yeah, I think that they have a daughter, who administered my mammogram, because she was really rough. And she was like, you will be okay. You will be fine. And I'm like, okay, but so you, she says, and so, and so this woman's yelling at me and she's jamming me in there. And I thought of you and I'm like, mm, um, okay. I'm like, what, what, why, why? And she's like, well, because you're always, because, you know, she seemed like she could be related to those other people. It's just like, oh, well, yeah. These are like the funny connections that you make in the course of being in a hugely uncomfortable situation. Right. See? Yep. Yeah. So I was manhandled during my mammogram and I thought of you. And that's the name of this podcast, episode 39 of the Managing Expectations podcast. Uh, however, uh, I can almost top that because uh, I, I work with, and in fact, uh, longtime listeners may recall when I um, uh, had a baseball guy, Pete Jens, on an earlier episode. He's a St. Louis guy, and though he spent a lot of time in, in like San Diego and now he's here in, in Texas, uh, he's really a St. Louis guy. He's a baseball guy. And um, we were talking to, and then, I, of course, I lived for five years in Kansas City, Missouri. And so uh, we were interacting with uh, a couple of women, one who was wearing um, University of Missouri fleece pullover, okay? And uh, uh, asked if she happened to be from Missouri. Why, yes, she, ha she was. 
and um, she says, uh, you know, how can you tell? And ha ha ha, and you know, Mizzou Tigers. And um, uh, Pete says, uh, so where are you from? And um, she says, well, down around Springfield. And uh, I said, uh, incidentally, there's there's quite a few wingers down there. And then because like Southern Missouri is like getting into the Ozarks and some listeners may have a working familiarity with the Netflix show Ozark, um, Pete kind of like under his breath goes, so I say, there's kind of a I, there's kind of a lot of wingers down there, and Pete goes under his breath. I bet there are, and <laughs> and so uh, uh, there was that, and then and then it hits me, and I think this is such an interesting, um, it, it, interesting uh, historical note of uh, uh, in that 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 connects uh, history and place geography um i said you know interestingly there's a guy uh with my name from springfield missouri on the vietnam memorial wall at which point everybody is like totally silent and uh i said you know i thought that would be kind of a good story but that was kind of a bummer wasn't it and then everybody laughed and a good time was had by all but then <laughs> but then pete makes the the debbie downer music uh-huh <laughs> right did you want to do the debbie downer music <laughs> is that pretty is that pretty close uh, yeah, that was that was okay. That was that was a little more flugelhorn than I was expecting, but that's fine. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, so then the rest of the week, uh, Pete and I have been. Um, he'll be he'll be like, "How you doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I'd like to tell you about the time that my vil- uh, a village of my people." Uh, were burned out by Cossacks in the part of uh, the world that would later become known as Ukraine, and um, we just—I just kept trying to like come up with more and more dreadful ways for my my ancestors to have been murdered and persecuted, and we just laughed and laughed. That's pretty funny stuff. Yeah. yeah so. When when the when the kids were in kindergarten. Um, you know, once a once a week, you know, parents could come in if they wanted to and like be a teacher's assistant for, you know, just for a couple of hours. And the kindergarten teacher was was an excellent, excellent teacher and just had, a, you know, a ton of patience as would be needed to be a kindergarten teacher. And, uh, you know, there would be periods of time where she would be trying to have the kids sit down and would be teaching some kind of a lesson. And. Uh, one of the kids would raise, you know, would would raise his hand and and uh, would say something that was completely, uh, well, maybe not completely, but uh, unrelated to the topic, except for one minor, minor detail of the story. Um, things about the cat at home that threw up on the carpet or, or whatever the case may be. And it was great because the teacher would always say, okay, thank you. That was a connection. That was a connection. <laughs> well... That doesn't really relate, and so uh, so that's become part of our family, 
of when somebody shares an unnecessary story related to what we're talking about. That you was know, a connection. Thank you. Genius genius is able to draw the connections. That, that's that's what, right. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. I mean, no fooling. I mean, anybody can take in, uh, you know, the day-to-day stuff. But, you know, see... Recalling and how that, it relates, and that's why every room, and that's why every room in my house is connected with, has pictures on it that are connected with red thread. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you ever watch Person of Interest? Speaking of a connection, uh, was that the one with Jim Caviezel and the guy from? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so like I watched the first episode, the first season or so and it was kind of like Jim Caviezel as Batman without a cape um, you know just like an avenging uh, angel um, and then uh, what's her name got too big and they killed her off and I, I think I think Mrs. Winger watched it longer than I did um, you know I, 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 I don't I mean it was fine for what it was but I, I mean I yeah you know, I, it's uh, it's nothing that I want to like join a Facebook fan group about. Why 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 do you ask? The 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 red thread connected to all the pictures in your house. It, I just I I think I watched a handful of episodes of the show, but I seem to remember a big picture with. Well, it's you know, become this, a trope, hasn't it? I mean, it has. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I, you know, and I, uh, everything from Homeland to, uh, um, there was a show on for a couple of seasons many years ago called Life. It was Damian Lewis's first American gig. I think it was even before Band of Brothers or maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I think it might've been right after. Okay. So right maybe after. he got that gig because of Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that. You know, he he had a, a wall with, you know, the the con- this, the string connecting the, the pictures. Um, hey, listen, it's 20. F- uh, we've been at this for a few minutes. Um, we, we have some big news. And again, you are you are the power behind the throne, Brian. And I think everyone should know that. So not only are we available on a- Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. We're now available on Stitcher. So listen, if you listen, uh, and Podbean, oh, <laughs> yeah. So Podbean is kind of the uh, uh, the small European country in the, uh, in the Olympics with the others that I just mentioned. Um, it's, they're, they're just happy to be here. So um, we... We, we, is, is this what you have in mind? There you go. Um, yeah. So we are available wherever you get your podcast. So we, we want you to like our pretty good podcast. Uh, we're, we're managing expectations. We're managing your expectations. So please click, uh, like, subscribe. Uh, leave a comment, share, share with people, say, hey, these guys are not boring. These guys 
uh, can be listened to in front of grandma in spite yep. of in spite of winger's you know racy mammogram story oh by the way okay uh, unless <laughs> unless your grandma happens to be uh, Mengele's uh, uh, nanny um, yeah. so um, so the th- <laughs> So I tell that story to Mrs. Winger, and I think she didn't think it was hilarious that, um, uh, I don't think she understands that I'm Omar Sharif now, uh, so, or, or lovable like, um, Hodor, who was, uh, kicked in the, kicked in the head. So, um. Anyway, uh, Mrs. Winger didn't love that story, but she didn't hate it either. And I, actually, I think, I think mostly with Mrs. Winger, she didn't, I, she doesn't like memories. I mean, she really doesn't like the examination herself. She's like, yeah, they really jam you in there pretty good. Yeah. And so, and so I'm, I'm glad that I don't typically that I it, it, it's nothing that I plan on having done. You know, every once in a while, a guy will get breast cancer. And, right. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, the other thing is, uh, I, I've mentioned Mrs. Winger a couple of times, and Mrs. Winger Masks um, continues to thrive. She's working on uh, some fancy uh, out and about masks, um, primarily for women, but some for men. Uh mrswinger.com is the place to go and you'll find some um, uh, sequined masks for wearing out on the town Uh, she's also offering um, mask face coverings with matching pocket squares because at some point people are going to be leaving their homes again Uh, we were it remains to be seen how and what and when and in what manner in what fashion but uh fashion is kind of an interesting way to go i i like the way uh americans have not just gone with paper masks all the time but you know have dressed it up a little bit and i really am proud of mrs winger for her contributions uh in this regard I've seen a lot of people wearing, um, you know, some some uh, hastily constructed uh, <laughs> holiday themed masks. But I got to tell you, they're single ply. Mrs. Wingers are double ply with that inside. Uh, uh, by by ply, I mean layers. So there's a outer layer, an inner layer, and that inner layer's got a flap that allows you to insert a filter, uh, a coffee filter, or maybe another type of filter, uh, for a third layer of protection. Uh, it's it's good, um, and they look good. They're stylish. There's lots of different styles that look terrific on. Uh, men or women, so mrswinger.com, look good, feel good, be good. Brian, did you have a connection? Uh, No, that that commercial uh, maybe reminded me of of what some, a couple things I had in mind of 
you know, commercials from the 80s and 90s uh, that, I, that I find, uh, you know, made a big impression on me, you know, as a kid. And I still think of, uh, you know, all the time for whatever reason. I, I think um, it's difficult not to be a consumer, you know, living especially in this country, right? I mean, we're, we have ads all the time. Uh, you know, companies have gotten very, very good at, at targeting and, you know, selling the sizzle and the steak in, you know, it's, and it's the gristle. and the gristle and everything else that comes with it. And so yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you this story. I, I don't really care for onions. Uh, people, you know, who know me know that I don't, I don't really like onions. You know, if, if, if there's salsa, by all means, if there's guacamole, as long as it's not too many onions, it's good. If onions are cooked down, that's great too. But I just, as a rule, I don't really like them. Uh, there's a local burger chain here in the, um, that uh, in the 90s, mid-90s, they had a, uh, a, a spokesperson, Shannon Sharp, the former Bronco, uh, doing, yes. commercial, doing commercials for them. And they started offering onion rings. And at this time, I was, I was driving a lot for my job. I was on the road quite a bit. And I would hear this commercial with Shannon Sharp talking about the onion rings 20 times a day. Yeah. And so I drive, I drive through to get a burger and I think, you know what? Shannon Sharp likes onion rings, likes these onion rings. I'm going to order these onion rings. Okay, okay. Now, I want to stop you here because, because I think this is an interesting connection. Did you honestly, I mean, just the thought of onion rings sound started to sound good even though you historically do not like onions or were you really thinking oh shannon sharp says they're good i mean because see celebrity endorsements don't really i think work for me though repetitive endorsement you know uh, advocacy uh will make me think you know what i haven't had onion rings for a while that does sound kind of good it's it's probably a little bit of both to be honest okay. with you. I mean, listen, I don't have I don't have a signed Shannon Sharp jersey. I don't you know what I, I don't never had a Shannon Sharp poster. Uh, it's not like I'm easily swayed by anything that Shannon Sharp says just because, you know, he's a good football player or was a good football player. Um, but the thought did run through my mind, so maybe it was a little bit of both. I order the onion rings, with with the rest of my meal and I pull over and I'm eating and I take a bite and I'm like, what in the heck am I doing? I'm eating onion rings. I don't really like, I don't, I don't like these. What's my problem? <laughs> I'm a sucker for this stuff. Did you go back and, um, nah, nah, no, who nah. does that? Nah, just never, just didn't order them again. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So, so see, from the late 80s all right so my grandfather sent me some money and said get yourself something nice and the german uh here here we go with the germans again hey you can't get away from them today so the german uh razor or shaver company well it's it, what they are is an appliance company braun b-r-a-u-n braun um and they had a commercial. And, and, and I should say, uh, for some reason, and I'm not really sure why, uh, but Mrs. Winger and I both kind of like, you know, may, you know maybe it's her, you know, and her education and her 
uh, initial uh, corporate um, pursuits were, you know, were, were in, you know, in business and in, in merchandising and so forth. Um, but we've always kind of like talked about, made conversation out of taglines, like that's a good line or that's not a good line. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. I mean, you know, other people, you know, I imagine your family talks about, you know, the wonders of nature, uh, how, how nature's amazing. Um, in my family, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, eh, that's not a good line. So anyway, um, uh, even before Mad Men, you know, we were paying attention to advertising. So Braun started advertising uh, a, a, a shaver. Okay, and their tagline. I mean, so 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 in the course of the TV commercial, they tell you everything that's what's so great about this bronze shaver, and the tagline was, "Some people feel that shaving is something you do three minutes a day. At Braun, we think it's something you do for a lifetime." Oh man. That's pretty good. That was, that was, that was the nudge I needed. So I went out and I, I, I didn't get the cheapest one, but I didn't get the most expensive one either. I got the middle of the road one. Okay. Yep. And it was fine for a while. All right. But there are ways that I found that an electric shaver, they're like places on my neck where like, I don't know, the hairs grow weird and you like got to come at it from a different angle or some stupid thing like that. And so, so I start, I don't know. I mean, I mean, every few days I had to have to use a, a razor anyway, because I was getting like these dumb hairs around my Adam's apple. Anyway, this goes on for a while, months, a couple years. I really don't know. But Brian, I'm here to tell you before, before all our listeners and God almighty, I am a man who shaves for three minutes a day and no amount of German engineering or, 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 uh, ad copy is going to make me a guy who shaves for a lifetime. I'm just yeah. not that guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that that probably speaks to a certain sort of person. I'm not, I'm not that guy and wishing don't make it so Joe. Yeah. 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 I, it would, I think we've touched on this before in, in previous episodes, but um, my perception of what was what was good, uh, what was a quality company, was really shaped by some of the, some like of those commercials in the eighties. Like, uh, uh, for some reason in my mind, and it, we touched on this before about FedEx. I just thought that FedEx was what important business people use to send things, and it's true. It's true to a certain it extent, is but it's totally true. Um, but, but I just thought that, man, that, that is a company that can really no, do no wrong. Um, and of course they're just like any other company, right? They screw up. So, you know, sure. no big thing. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the, another one was United Airlines. They, they had the, the Rhapsody in blue was their, you know, now, I'm kind not of sure their, that was a national campaign. I think that might've been, I mean, for one thing, you, you, Denver is a United hub. Um, Used to be. It's not anymore? 
I think they're out. I think that they're out at DIA. I might be wrong on that, but certainly... It's not a major hub? Mm. Wow. So what, it's just Chicago? Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, so do, do, do any of the major, I mean, do any of the legacy characters still um, have a hub in, at DIA? Um, so you can get a Delta flight out of DIA. You, yeah, you can still get, you can still get, um, you can still get uh, United out of DIA. Um, but, but when, but, but when an airline has a hub in a city, I mean, they, they're the big dog and there's no yeah. question that they're the big dog. And that's not, um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll talk to people and they'll talk about flying Alaska into Denver. Frontier, is Frontier yeah. still flying? Yeah. Uh, front, Frontier is. Um, oh, well, there you go. What am I? Um, yeah, United still is. Um, Denver still is a major hub at United. About 42% of the market share at DIA. Make okay. it the airport's largest airline but my point is this is i thought um they had the, they had some great ads um did. with i remember with, they so they were playing gershwin's rhapsody in blue mm -hmm. and it was kind of animated right they had some that were animated they had one uh that really stood out to me of a guy holding a business meeting saying that you know we've lost touch with our customers um we 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 call um instead of instead of seeing them and then at the end of the commercial he hands out you know all these tickets to to everybody on his staff and then you know a kind of a slowed down version of rhapsody in blue plays and i just thought that it was really i thought it was really really good and uh but then in my previous job i had to fly quite a bit and so i would that that perception of united being a solid solid airline was there and uh They didn't make it any easier than anybody else to do business with them. They weren't, I didn't think that they were particularly great, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're an airline, right? It's a huge company. Yeah. It's a huge company. Yeah. I, um, well, okay. So, so, so two things there. One is I, I wonder to what extent business travel is going to bounce back. Because I got to tell you, being able to broadcast from your home is pretty amazing. And, yep. you know, you get you get kind of savvy about centering yourself in the picture, not not having, um, you know, your, you know, the the ceiling fan halo over your head because <laughs> of your stupid camera angle. Uh, you know, just just things like that. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people can save a lot of time by just going into their their home office and and having a very constructive heart to heart. I mean, look, I mean, I, I mean, if this last nine months have taught us anything, it's that you can have meaningful, almost face to face conversations. Uh, right. Let's face it, Brian. 
Uh, neither of us are in therapy, uh, and uh, pretty much the reason, the 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 rationale for this podcast is uh, because neither of us are in therapy. <laughs> so did you did you did you did you see that t- this week? See what? No. What? There was a. Wait, did there was a. Did you think? No. Did you think? Was I being topical? Was I no. accidentally being topical? <laughs> You were. It, I saw a tweet that said, "How come, uh, how come all, how come white men just start a podcast instead of going to therapy?" <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, the the other. So so I wonder how much uh, air, airline traffic. It, travel is gonna is gonna bounce back i i suppose time will tell uh, the other thing that uh, that your united story reminds me is uh uh i you know I, i've been i've been somewhat discreet but you know when you know as i've certainly strongly hinted previously uh, I, I worked for a little bit over a year at American Airlines in like the year 2000. So I was there for the non-event of Y2K. But then uh, the summer of 2000, I think, was I mean, and, there, and you know, this was on Time Magazine. It was on Business Week. It was about uh, uh, American airports not being big enough to handle the demand, and there were delays. And I'm here to tell you that was a rough job. I mean, because mm-hmm. I mean, I got I mean, there were people yelling at you all day long, and I think that. The advantage of being in a hub, okay, so there are smaller markets, which at this point um, aren't hubs. Kansas City's not a hub. St. Louis, I don't believe, is a hub. Uh, You know, they're middle-sized big cities. I mean, maybe big enough to have one or two professional sports teams. Portland surely is not a hub. but if you're in a hub and you're flying to another hub, it is not a problem to get there. So like there, there would be these savvy business travelers and they'd come up and if you're flying to Chicago and you get bumped from a flight, it is not a problem because you're on the next one out in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then you would, you would get these simple people of the land who would be flying to, for example, Indianapolis or Des Moines or Fresno, which is like the Indianapolis and Des Moines of California. <laughs> and and the, those people would be, you, you know, you'd have to explain to them, well, the flight's oversold, so I can't give you a boarding pass right now. Please be patient and, and, and we'll accommodate you in due course. And did you ever see that Saturday Night Live sketch where uh, Chris Farley is like the unwitting diner 
and they come out and they say, Did, how's your coffee tonight, sir? He said, oh, it's delicious, thank you. He says, well, you're, you're not drinking real coffee, it's Folgers Crystals. And he like, his, his entire demeanor changes and he like starts freaking out and he's like screaming at him, you lied to me! And he's like turning over the tables and busting everything up. You remember this? I do. Yeah. Yep. This is how farmers react when you tell them that it's going to be 15 minutes before you give them their boarding pass. We have, but, I have a res- but I have a reservation. Yeah, yes, sir, you do. Um, but the flight's oversold. Things are going to work out. We just need a few minutes. And it's like, you, you know who they're like? Uh, they're like the one guy in, um, in Hoosiers. Who says there's two kinds of crazy? There's a guy that takes off all his clothes and howls at the moon, and then there's a guy who tries to do it in your living room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Hoosiers isn't just about Indiana; it's about the American Midwest. Uh, and as recently as 2012, I lived in Kansas City and. It was all. It was. It was. It was all Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, anyway. So th- there's some advantages in being in a big town that that's uh, that, that's got a hub. On the uh, on the other hand, um, th- that makes that airline dominant, and whatever prices that airline sets, um, you know, becomes. I mean, it's just what it's going to cost whereas i think other places where nobody's especially dominant uh, you know maybe a little more competitive on the other hand it's a smaller market so if you're flying into nashville say where mrs winger has to fly to visit her mother uh you know there's only so many choices and only so many flights so so Mm -hmm. it goes Wow, that was a digression that really wasn't that interesting. Can I tell you about the time during the Black Plague uh, when uh, large numbers of wingers died horribly? That's just going to be my go-to when I when I when I when I tell a boring story, I'll just I'll just naturally pivot to some to some blood-curdling story about vast numbers of winger peasantry perishing. You guys have heard about the Donner Party, right? Okay, wow. This is this is wild because, uh, yes. And you know what? You know what I was doing? I, I was swearing up and down that the Donner Party was in, was in Colorado. It wasn't. It was in California. It was out, and yeah. I was confusing the Donner Party, famous pioneer cannibals. I mean, they weren't like cannibals like they wanted to be. They just felt like they had to be moved by necessity, I suppose. Right. Uh, um, uh, but I was confusing the Donner Party with Alfred Packer. And uh, does does Colorado still have an Alfred Packer Day? They do. Is that that considered too, you know, white white privilege that Alfred Packer was able to eat other people? 
No, that they still have it. It doesn't. It doesn't get as much publicity as it, it kind of used to, but it's still. I think that he's. I think that he's buried at a place in Littleton. Uh, no way. Yeah. Um, but what's bigger than Alfred Packard Day is uh, Frozen Dead Guy Day in uh, Nederland, Colorado. Did they find a frozen dead guy there? Uh, there was a guy who froze himself there because he want, he uh, just thought that, that he didn't want to live in this world. He'd rather wake up in the future when everything is better. And so he jumped into a vat of liquid nitrogen. Okay, well, maybe that'll work out for him. But I'm I'm not optimistic. Maybe maybe they could give that to our friends at Braun to have a look at. This this podcast has not been brought to you by German engineering concern Braun. Um, did you ever see or do you have a working familiarity with the um, the South Park where they uh, found a frozen hiker and he had only been. I can't remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up the details, but the the overall premise was he had he had been um, frozen for like five, between five and ten years. <laughs> so they're treating him like some unbelievable oddity and some fascinating connection to the distant past. And they set up a museum with him uh, as the major part. And, like, nothing's, like, that different or changed. But things are kind of. So so at the end, they, um, to, uh, <laughs> they return him to his own kind and resettle him in Des Moines. <laughs> Where? Where Ace of Base is still playing on the radio. <laughs> see, uh, see, and I thought that the Germans were taking all the heat today, <laughs> but it turns out. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Germans in Des Moines. You know, uh, so so uh, Mrs. Winger, someone in Mrs. Winger's family, uh, many years ago, suffered uh, a major. Accident. Okay, so we had to rush back and uh, uh, be near the hospital, and so we ended up in the hospital, or um, I'm sorry, in a bed and breakfast, which was the closest accommodations to the hospital. Okay, uh, or it was like centrally located, maybe between family and the hospital, because there's almost always a La Quinta somewhere near a hospital, right? I mean, it's just how they do mm -hmm. things. Anyway. We're in this, okay, bed and breakfast in uh, rural Iowa. Now, you know, uh, uh, you and I have both over the years listened to sportscaster Jim Rome. Yep. And Brian, could you, could you kind of summarize uh, Rome's feelings about staying in a bed and breakfast? <laughs> uh um if i yeah if i want to stay he's not a fan in, right he's not a fan yeah not a fan no 
Not by any and means. Why, and why is no. that? Well, because he's rich and he can stay in nice hotels. So why would he stay in somebody else's, sleep on somebody's dirty couch? <laughs> okay, well, I hadn't heard him put it that way. There is something kind of peculiar about uh, uh, staying in, well, you know what? Airbnb is is the exact same thing, only I guess with more tech overlordship. And and a hundred billion dollar valuation. Yeah. So uh, an episode or two ago, I was I was talking about how I'd invested some money in the market. So I'm I'm at work today. Mrs. Winger sends me a news flash. Airbnb's gone public. You might want to look into that. <laughs> Thanks, hon. She she's just on the cutting edge. That's a yeah. heck of a that's a heck of a stock tip. <laughs> <laughs> we should we we I, we should probably have a disclaimer that we don't give financial advice on this uh, no, podcast. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Enter enter the market at your own risk. That's right. That's right. And previous results uh, are no are not indicative of future performance. That's how you put it. Yep. So so we're in this uh, bed and breakfast. So you know, and it's run by like these old folks. And, and like they have a bunch of like fortune magazines from the thirties and they're kind of collector's items looking. I mean, they're in great shape for being whatever, 60, 65 years old, but they're all like really pro Soviet. Right? Like you think that you think they might, might've been a little pink. I think that they were fellow travelers, yeah. I, you know, I think uh, for a state that borders Wisconsin, uh, they got through the McCarthy years pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. All right, hey, listen, there's one last thing. So we we appreciate Mrs. Winger, dot com, uh, uh, supporting <laughs> me through life, and also this podcast. Um, we appreciate you, uh, coming in and listening, uh, spending some time with us. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's very complimentary and we thank you, uh, which is why we'd like for you to share, subscribe, comment, give us a review, particularly if you can honestly give us a glowing five-star review. That would be nice. Any. On any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Finally, uh, check out on Spotify, a uh, friend of Managing Expectations podcast, uh, the 7208. Um, this is Chris Levine and his son, and it's a, a pop culture survey that is... Um, uh, I'm sorry, it's a, a pop culture survey uh, that, that's multi-generational. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know what comes after the millennials, but that's what uh, Levine's son is. So uh, they talk about Spider-Man in their last, in their last um, uh, episode, and it was, it was kind of fun. Was, yeah. Was, and, and, and Levine is, is legitimately, I mean, I can, I can, I can feign high energy positive. Levine really is a high energy positive person. 
Good for him. All yep. right. Uh, that'll conclude episode 39 of the Managing Expectations podcast. Listen, ladies, when you're getting your mam- mammogram, and you should at your doctor's timing of things, do me a favor. Think of Brian. <laughs> that'll be all for now. Thanks, everybody. Let's go Thank to work. Thank you.